Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as every Sunday that we're here is a very interesting night. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world that we live in today, and we're all in cahoots together in this spinning rock that we live on um, to try and figure out what it is is life. And there's no better person to bring on to figure out how we can change society and life better than Dan. Dan, what is up, my man? That was a fantastic introduction, man. You made me feel really good. <laughs> well, I just hope I can keep up to that. You can, man. But I mean, and the part about that is, is it, the amount of podcasts that we've had, we truly do have the answer. That's the craziest part, and it's the U.S. Constitution, something that we don't follow anymore. But we got Johnny in the house back. I'm, I'm back at, at it. it. Back at it again. He is, and he's back for good, most likely. Yeah. Um, Johnny, what's going on, brother? Uh, not much, man. Good to be back. Good to be doing it again. Good to be podcasting. It's, uh, just great. Just taking that break was weird. And it's not like I took a break because I was needed a break. No, I had some work stuff change and all that. And now stuff has kind of changed back to normal. So I will be here every Sunday night for the foreseeable future. I'm excited about it. I love it, man. Jesse will be back next week. And, uh, th so that's a good thing. And we'll, and we'll have the whole crew back. It's, it's very nice, uh, transition that we'll be, we'll be going into, but we have a lot of good topics tonight that we want to go into, a lot that are prevalent and affecting everyone's lives that have been for the past year. And I kind of want to just start with um, just the vaccine passports. And so I think right now in New York, they're actually, I think they passed it. I don't know how far it's actually gotten. I need to look this up, but they're actually going to require vaccine passports. And what that means is you would have to have your first round of COVID shots. I don't know if it includes both. Um, depending on if you're with the Moderna or the Pfizer, or the Johnson and John, I, I don't know. There's so many different kinds. You have the Sputnik as well, the Russian type of vaccine, um, in order to participate in society. And to me, that sounds like, and we've had John Kleisek on, who's wrote the wrote the book, The School World Order, something like that coming out straight out of the C, the CCP, the China Communist Communist. Uh, damn it, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning this into from last week, Dan. I can't talk. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of just seemed like we're it's just straight out of China. China might be the rulers of the world. What are your thoughts, Dan, about these vaccine passports that are coming on? Well, the, the, the vaccine passport is absolutely illegal. The government cannot mandate and require us to take an experimental uh, experimental drug. It's not, I mean, it's not FDA approved and it's not clinically trialed approved either. It hasn't even been through clinical trials. So people are basically guinea pigs right now. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, it's also and it's also an experimental technology. It's not a vaccine. This is not a vaccine. It's this software. Is therapy. I mean, if you if you look into it, the Atlantic, which is a which is a a, a very liberal left wing you know magazine, just came out with an article where they were where they were breaking down what these vaccines are and why they're so good and. Even they are, they, you know, they kept using the word vaccine, but they kept talking about mRNA and what mRNA is. And, and when you insert mRNA into or messenger ribonucleic acid, when you insert that into a person's body, ribonucleic acid is the thing that, that is in the middle of the whole DNA split every time that a cell divides or, or any time that a cell is, is making proteins and stuff, the messenger RNA is involved in that. When you insert that stuff in here, now you're telling the cells to make different proteins. 
and it's an outside thing that's coming in and telling it to make a protein that our bodies don't normally make and would never make, right? It's telling our bodies to make this protein, and then it's supposed to, this is the theory, it's supposed to cause our body to have an immune response to that protein. Well, if you think about that for just a second, they're inserting something into our body that's going to cause our cells to produce a protein that is foreign, and our body is supposed to have an immune reaction to something that our body is producing. That sounds to me like you're asking for a huge immune response that could be catastrophic to human beings. The body will, will end up basically attacking itself. You know, when is it going to stop? Is it going to wait until those proteins come out of the cells, or is it going to attack all the cells that are producing the proteins? Well, I think and if it does, how do, how do we know which cells are going to be producing the proteins? Because they're injecting it into your, into your body, right? Is it going to be your red blood cells or, or the, your bone marrow that's producing your, your red blood cells? Is what, you know, where, is, where is that going to be coming from? And we, we, right. we just have to take a step back and we have to realize, for, for one, typically when a vaccine is in clinical trials, it takes up to five years, five to six, maybe seven, eight years before they understand, you know, when they, when they understand the full vaccine in its fullest, right? And whenever you talk about mRNA, 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 that wasn't, that was something that was sci-fi before COVID-19. And now they've specifically just pushed it through and now it's being injected into people's bodies. And I think that that's something that we have to take serious and how you just described what the implications could be. Whenever you look at Pfizer, one of the top people who are introducing their vaccines and putting it into people, look at Pfizer's track record that they've been sued for over $300 billion in the past for basically producing ibuprofen to people, having doctors prescribe uh, their product for $3 a pill as opposed to ibuprofen, which is like one cinnamon pill or something crazy like that. And they got sued for like $300 billion. This is a corrupt corporation. It's that, I mean, it's big pharma. When does big pharma have the interest in the people? You know what I'm saying? That That's what people have to take a step and, and not only look at the vaccine and understand what it is, because no one ever does that. Do you trust the government? Nine out of 10 people you ask will say no, but they trust them to put a foreign substance in their body that they have no idea what it is or what the ingredients are. So what I'm saying is, uh, you have Pfizer putting all these vaccines in, and they're just a corrupt corporation, just like any big pharma. People have to understand that before what they understand the mRNA vaccine is. And not only that, but if you go to Pfizer's website and you look at what the uh, what they say about the vaccine, is they say it's basically a software. Right. It's it's like nanotechnology. That's the crazy part to me is, and so this is. I would hope this holds a little more weight simply due to the fact that I'm actually a supporter of vaccines, not specifically the COVID one, but in general, there's always, we've had the vaccine dispute yeah, before. Uh, right. Paul and I have had the vaccine dispute. We've talked about it on the podcast, all this. I'm normally for vaccines. I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm, you know, 90% there as far as vaccines go. I think they're a good thing. But when you talk about, like you said, injecting that, the messenger, whatever ribonucleic acid, I mean, that's on the level of actual, like, uh, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Like genealogy or whatever, like gene, like ch changing your genetics. Like you're talking about, like with changing your DNA, this isn't as simple as, I mean, if all this information is accurate, I'm just going off of opinion here and what I've heard from you, Dan, and everything like that, because I haven't done the research myself. But I mean, most most vaccines, they deal with 
giving you um, a bunch of other stuff, but then also part of whatever that is, like polio or whatever, and then getting your body used to that and able to create antibodies to fight against it or whatever, they're not going in there and actually doing like what CRISPR does and changing your DNA, like when you can choose whether your child has blue eyes or green eyes by injecting you with something like that's a thing that's been around for a while it's super expensive and only the super rich do it but it's a thing that is becoming more and more common you can pick the sex of your kid you can pick the eye color you can pick the hair color all this crazy stuff by changing the dna i've never really seen that before as far as i know i've never seen that with a vaccine that's and when you get like you talked about when you get on that level of man now we're injecting this thing that directly changes your dna structure and how your body fights against these proteins that are made by your own body, like that gets into some scary, just scary stuff. Before you go in, Dan, the, the, the scariest part about it is the fact that the the ill reporting of the negative effects of these vaccines that it's had in, in certain countries. And in Europe, I, I believe it's at the Pfizer vaccine, or I can't remember specifically which one, that they stopped actually producing, or making, they, they actually stopped giving the vaccine out to people because... At that point, if there's if they're not giving the vaccine or administrating it, there's something wrong with it. And in Europe, they stopped actually producing this or make, making it available to the public. But not, but not only that, I mean, I'm, I'm losing I'm losing my train of thought again. Maybe, maybe this is not good. <laughs> Paul's Paul's out of out of man. I thought I'd be out of touch with the podcast. Oh, not yeah, doing sorry, it for a while. Sorry, sorry. So here we go. Um, it's it's not only that about having this vaccine available, but to participate in society and make it mandatory. That if, yes, Dan, like you talk about these things that are happening in, in Johnny, if what Dan is saying is correct, which a lot of people are reporting these types of things, they're going to make it mandatory for you to participate in public. That's the scariest I did, part. I did have a question about that real quick. These vaccine passports for New York. You said it was New York, right? Yeah. My question is, are the vaccine passports a to enter the state of New York you have, like, let's say you show no, up just, on a plane. just participate in work or go into businesses. That's, that's, so that's that's yeah. my question, is if you, to enter the state of New York, do you need something saying that you need a vaccine? Or has it gone as far as to work here, even if you're already a, what's the, not citizen, a resident, if you're already a New York resident, now to work in the state, you have to have a passport. Because there's a big difference between those two things. You can travel freely, you know, still in the United States without being vaccinated. You can still go into any state that you want to, as as far as I know right now. But in order to participate in going into businesses or Walmart, and I don't know when they're implementing this. I don't know if it already has happened, but there it's it's going to happen in New York. It's our, it's been major news. Um, you will have to have a vaccine to, inch, I don't know if it's... That's a, insane to me. Yeah. That's absolutely, like, astronomically insane. I even hate to say it, even though it does go against, and Dan will probably hate this, because it does go against the Constitution. But even if they were to implement a temporary thing of, hey, there's this disease, so we have to quarantine and we can't let people enter this state or leave this state. We have to do a quarantine, and the only way you're allowed to come in is if you've been proven to not have this disease. We have to do checks or whatever. And that's a temporary thing that has to last for months or a year or something like that. I can, I hate saying this out loud, but I can actually understand, at least, I can understand the logic there a little bit. But when you start saying that you have to have this and prove this to even function in society, like, that's where the line, for me, that's the line. Like, that's crazy. 
Well, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would completely agree with you on that, Johnny. If we were talking about a situation where we had something that was actually killing people. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not, that's why I didn't say COVID specifically. I just meant the general idea of blocking a state's access or something like that. I get that in theory. Yeah, in theory, in theory, you know, that would be something that would that would probably be okay. But you know, we've got we've got a, a, a this made up disease that supposedly is is killed five hundred thousand people, but there's been no change in the in the the uh, the total number of deaths. Like for twenty twenty was was right in line with all the previous ten years. So where did those five hundred deaths come from? We amazingly had almost no deaths from flu. So, I did. I was you know. just talking about that the other day with someone actually, where I'm like, "Hey, you know what's crazy is if you look at the flu numbers and everything, they're astronomically lower than they ever have been in the past because people who have, uh, people who are getting diagnosed with COVID, are and I don't know if I'm not supposed to say that word on the podcast. No, you're fine. You're it. fine. Yeah. yeah. But people who are getting diagnosed with COVID. There's chance that they just have the regular flu, which is still bad, by the way. Nobody wants the fucking flu, and that causes issues, and people die from the flu. People die every year from the flu. But the fact that those numbers are way lower in 2020, I'm like, so you have to take some of the numbers out of COVID and chalk that up to the regular flu or other stuff, like respiratory issues and all this different stuff. Like, not every death that has happened that has been counted as COVID has been COVID. How about none of them? How about zero? How about how about absolutely none? No one has died from it. No one. It's a made up thing. And what they've done is they've taken all of this stuff. They piled all these symptoms together from from pneumonia, from flu and from the common cold. And they just piled all those deaths in there because because. We have no idea. SARS-CoV-2 is what causes, supposedly, what causes COVID-19, right? Well, that virus happened, started in China. China has never given us a sample of that virus. So we have no clue. Yeah, they still haven't isolated it. Right, we haven't isolated it. So we have no clue, um, you know, what it is that these people, what virus it is that's causing this in, in all these people. And in addition to that, none of the tests, none of them are testing for SARS-CoV-2. One, because they don't have a sample of it, but two, because they're testing for uh, generic coronavirus or they're testing for, um, in the case of the, of the uh, what is it, the PCR test, they're testing for pieces of coronavirus, Right, and with the PCR not, test, it, it magnifies the virus, and mm-hmm. there's been they've already proven that's not a very reliable right. But it, and you but, can magnify so the PCR test, standard. and they go ahead. Remember sorry. that, right? It was originally the PCR test was originally the gold standard. This is the thing: if you for if AIDS. you come up with a positive test from from the PCR test, you definitely got it. But what do you definitely have? You definitely have the presence, not an infection of, but the presence of some piece of genetic material that is connected to a coronavirus and they all share a lot of common genetic material and there is thousands of coronaviruses i think most of which are harmless i was going to say i think that's a good point to bring up that some people a lot of people probably do know that by now but there's a lot of people who probably don't is the fact that coronavirus 
So COVID-19 is a specific strain or whatever, supposedly, blah, blah, blah. The point is coronavirus is a respiratory virus that has been, there's been multiple forms of it and variations of it throughout the years. There's probably people listening to this right now who had some kind of flu or respiratory infection that had a coronavirus years ago. And that shit will still show up on that test. But the thing that trips me out the most about this is, is the common denominator of people losing their smell and their taste. And see, I've heard about that, well, and I still have not talked to anybody who that's I, actually happened to. I've met a few people. Colin's really? one of them. Yeah, Colin. Yeah. Really? And even here's, my even my cousin. Yeah. You can you you if you have any kind of a respiratory infection, you generally do lose some part of your and see, taste and smell. I was going to say, and you, have to, you have to smell to be able to taste stuff but most see, of the time. But, but here's the deal, though, and see, and and that was my biggest thing whenever I was contemplating this idea in my head is the fact that I tried to remember back the last time I was at my sickest. And I think I was around like 14, like 13 or 14 years old. It was like during the winter time. And I just remember being deathly ill. And it was, it was very, it was the, the worst I've ever been sick. And I remember not being able to smell at all and not taste anything, but it only lasted for like one or two days. You have people legitimately not being able to smell or taste for a week or two. And, the, and that's, the, and that's where it trips me out. Like, and, and I don't know the answer to that because it's multiple people reporting this, um, that's just kind of where I get lost in this whole uh, type of, uh, you know, conversation that we're having. Because, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in line with you, Dan, on how I feel about it. But then I have all these people saying I can't smell or taste. And you have these videos of people eating onions and drinking pickle juice or vinegar. And they're just like nothing, man. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the thing, and, and Johnny, I wanted, to, I wanted to say something about what you were just saying. And this, this is probably going to sound really picky, but this, this is an important thing that, 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 needs to get into this conversation is that is that COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2 are two completely different things. And, and the way that they have pushed this thing is they have, they have joined those two things up and they're tell they're telling people that COVID-19 is a virus and it's not COVID-19 is the disease that the virus causes, right? So suddenly they're saying that people are testing positive for COVID-19. Well, you can't test positive for COVID-19. If you test positive for something, right, that's one that's one piece of a diagnostic screening, right? Because you can go and get a blood test, and that blood test is not definitive for, for maybe but a, a small number of, of things. They, they're still going to have to go through and do other tests to find out if you have a kidney problem or if you've got... Um, you know, if you've got some kind of specifically caused anemia or something. So that test is just one piece that they use to diagnose. And again, that goes back to the idea, the whole thing about what are they testing, right? A positive result for a test can't be a case of COVID-19 because the best they could do would be to test for SARS-CoV-2, Right. And so, like I said, it's probably it probably sounds like I'm being really picky. No, I get I I get what you're. It's it's a really it's a really important point because that's one of the ways that they have they have been using propaganda against us is they just go COVID nineteen COVID nineteen COVID nineteen all the time, when we really got to separate the two things out because you could test if they were able to test for SARS CoV two, you could test positive for that virus, and not have COVID nineteen. But the way that they have presented it to us is every positive test is a case of COVID is a, is a case of COVID nineteen, which is which is absolutely a lie. 
Well, that's you know, what I for multiple things that we just covered, but but you you can't just you can't just test somebody for something and then declare that they have a case. I mean, you could do that, say with with uh, um, here we go, hepatitis, right? Because that is a very specific virus that has a very specific effect and has for years. So so they've got a one test that they can do, but generally they don't test somebody for that until after they've looked at a few other diagnostic criteria. And, and ruled out those things. That makes sense? Yeah, no, and that's what actually I was going to ask about or get into is the fact that it also depends, and I don't think any of us know, and the information might be out there. I might be wrong, or it might not be out there. Um, but how vague, or I shouldn't say vague, how broad the test actually is and what all, what all it covers. So, for example, if I were to go into the doctor and specifically ask for them to test and see if I had either, like, pneumonia or bronchitis, which are diseases, you know, they're, that's how they're classified or whatever their disease, they could test and figure out if I have bronchitis or if I have pneumonia. Then it'd be interesting, though, to take that and then the next day get tested for COVID and see how broad that is and if they would just tell me that, yes, I have COVID because I'm sick with bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I and think... Look, I, I if, think- you, if you end up testing positive... They will just declare that a case of COVID, right? Even though, even though the treatment for bronchitis and pneumonia, that's a good, that's a really good one because the treatments for bronchitis and pneumonia are different. They have a lot of the same symptoms, you know, you because they're both in your in your your lungs mm-hmm. and in your chest, but they're different. You don't treat the two of them the same way. No, you don't. And, and and not only that, but again, whenever you do the PCR test, I don't think they use the PCR test for like pneumonia or bronchitis. I think they, they do like a symptom test. And then I, I, I've had pneumonia once when I was like in fourth grade. But so as far as I know, it, that's more symptom based yeah. than actual. But There's now, probably more to it. But but now they're doing these swabs and, and stuff like that. And when, when you do use the PCR test, I think that what a lot of people don't know is that they amplify it, the PCR test. And, and typically if you want an accurate reading of a PCR test, you would, and I, I don't know how the increments work, but typically the lower, like the range is like 20 is what they, and I don't know. Like I know what you're talking about. You can magnify, you can magnify on the PCR test until you prove a positive result. Exactly. And so you've had countries that have literally, again, the typical is 20 is what they would use the test for. You have countries using going up to 40 just to try and find COVID. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that's scary in itself that they would do something like that. Just magnify, magnify, magnify until they get the result that they want. And and, and we Which is just, the inherent problem with that type of test. And, and and exactly. We could talk about all this all we want. And and you're not gonna change anyone's mind on COVID and what it is or if it's real or if it's here and it's happening. The the ramifications have already happened. The country and the world have shut down for over a year. And we're finally getting back into the stages of opening up, and you still have majority of the people scared shitless out of their mind because they've take this, they've taken this doctrine, and they've taken, um, they've been brainwashed, and we talk about it all the time. And, and this is just my opinion. Maybe I'm brainwashed, but in my opinion, they're brainwashed, and they're still scared, man. I, I work in the restaurant industry, and the amount of people that are still scared and still sit outside in the patio when it's seventy degrees outside, and they're like, "This is the second time I've been out this year." I had a table today say that. This is the second time we've came out and ate in a restaurant because of COVID. The mm-hmm. the implications and ramifications that it's had on people's psyche in a year alone is it's astronomical. And again, I want to bring it back down, and maybe we do bring in the Constitution in this bit, 
it is so unconstitutional to make a vaccine required to participate in society. I wanted to briefly, and I, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to actually talking, not specifically about COVID, but about the whole ramifications of the stuff like the passport, the vaccine passport, and the legal ramifications there and all that kind of stuff. Real quick, though, because you were talking about that couple that came in or the people, that, whatever. Um, my thing, you were talking about how it's unhealthy or it's scary how people are like this. Man, I have noticed a decline in my own lifestyle since COVID because of the whole, like, I mean, my own mental health as far as that goes because of not hanging out with people I used to hang out with and not being as social as I used to be, not because of my own fear, but because how the world has changed and nobody was, we weren't able to go do stuff. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, there was a solid time there when everything actually was a hundred percent shut down and we weren't able to go do stuff. And then it's, you have these friends who are scared of COVID so they don't go out. And then you've got this group who doesn't go out for whatever reason. And then you've got people like me who weren't going out because the places weren't open as long or whatever, like places that used to be open till 3 a.m. would shut down at nine or at half capacity or whatever. And we're all like segregated in, in our own little pods for lack of a better term. And it's, I hate it, man. It's mentally unhealthy. If anything, they've proven that with the, I know I'm stretching it here, but as simple as like the prison system, when someone is put in um, solitary confinement and they've proven in some court cases that that's like cruel and unusual punishment or whatever, because mentally as humans, we're not supposed to handle that. And we're now doing that to ourselves. Like, ah, it's ridiculous. Anyways, we can get back to the legal stuff. No, no, now. I just had no, to, I like that, man. That, that, that's well, the, that's the craziest part that scares it's me. It's unhealthy on a mental level, man. It's yeah. unhealthy on a mental and physical level. And we're, and, and, and we're grown adults. Just imagine what it's doing to people who are younger, who are developing at those ages of 16 and 17. And I, I had a, a conversation with someone of when we started the podcast or before. So, and I was, I was just asking someone random at work. I was like, do you think it should be mandatory that someone has a vaccine before they come to work? And he, you know, oh, sorry, he was 20 and he's like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, how, how are you going to, how can you just sit there and say yes straight to me without like just an answer? He's like, well, if you're, if you're endangering other people in society and you don't have a condition where you don't have to wear a mask or be, or, or be vaccinated, then he's like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. Man, that goes back to what I said. This goes back to a completely different topic of just like liberalism or not liberalism. Uh, oh my God. Marxism. No, 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 no. Uh, Jesus Christ. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Starts with an L libertarianism. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Of just, libertarianism and the general idea of the whole the golden rule of do unto others as you would have done to yourself and the fact of like do whatever you want you're completely free do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt other people that stands for that kind of argument as well where it's like i should be able to do whatever i want if you fear for your life wear a mask social distance do whatever you have to do do not force me to comply with that and do that for you that's not my job you're in charge of your safety. You're in charge of your safety in every essence of the word. If you want to carry a gun on you because you're scared that I might mug you or attack you or something, you have every right to do that. And then if I do mug you or attack you or whatever, you have every right to shoot me. Do, do what you have to do to protect yourself and your family. But do not tell me that I have to do stuff to protect you. Yeah, 100%, man. That's the Constitution. And here's the Yeah, and here's the interesting thing about about. The mentality, the mentality that that you're arguing against there, Johnny, is what 99% of the world, well, closer to 95% of the world, has. 
you know, plus a bunch of people. It's been imported into us, this idea of the authoritarian, you know, government needs to be telling everybody what to do and that they have the best ideas and that's where we need to rely on. That that idea is is absolutely un-American. You know, our idea, the, the whole idea of America is that the government is there to do specific things in specific circumstances and it's to be limited in its power and scope because of the fact that we do not need it. You know, people, and, and people laugh when I say this, but the Constitution of the United States is truly an anarchist document. It sets us up in a situation where we will never have a ruler. You know, you get you pick the guy and you say, do the job, and he doesn't do it, and you say, you're out. That's yep. it. You know, you get a chance to do it, you don't do the job, and you're out. And and we have we have allowed over over the the two hundred plus years that the Constitution has been in place, we have allowed for systems and and situations to get put in place that have allowed a a creep of authoritarianism to come in to where a whole lot of people are just fine with it. They don't think, you know, all they're all they're concerned about is following the rules and saying, okay, well, of course, you know, if 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 you're endangering somebody else, then then, you know, you should be shut down. It's like, well, wait a second. Did I harm somebody? Well, no, just endangering them. Well, does that mean they're scared? What does that mean? Endangering somebody? It means you could possibly harm them. Oh, possibly. No, that's that's America is like America is like here. You know what? If you harm somebody, then we're going to get involved. Otherwise, you know, no. It's it's like the whole offensive cancel culture thing where you can't offend people. Literally like Mm -hmm. where it was. I remember there was a guy, just another video I saw during the whole audit, the audit thing I was watching where a guy is out there protesting. He's protesting the I can't remember if it was the mayor or the governor. I think it was the governor of whatever state he was in. He was protesting the governor, and he was standing on a public sidewalk. He wasn't in the road or anything like that, and he had a sign, and the sign was quote-unquote vulgar or offensive or whatever, but it was covered under under free speech because of its political stuff. It had to deal with politics, and it had to deal with protesting the governor directly, and people called the cops because they were offended by it or whatever, and he made a valid point when he's like, you have a right to be offended, and I have a right to offend you. Yeah, I'm allowed to offend you. Right, I think we've all forgotten that we're adults here, and we and we have to be able to participate in a, in a, an adult way. That's the craziest part, man. And you talk about all these things, and I and I've mentioned it many times before in the podcast is is specifically the fact that what we're talking about is there's been a mass campaign on the general public, probably of the whole world, but specifically when we're talking about the United States of America, of brainwashing everyone in the United States with television, radio. Um, public entertainment, stuff like that. And it's completely worked. Their their plan has worked beautifully in their eyes. And with my eyes seeing it uh, firsthand, it, it's worked. So right now we're mm-hmm. actually trying to just play, we're, we're trying to play catch up with them and have podcasts like this and have discussions for people to understand what is going on. You know, we can talk every single day about these types of things, but to understand that people have been brainwashed, man absolutely brainwashed and and they have to be i mean there's been news articles where like i I forget man i'm trying to sit here and think in my head somewhere i I forget which state but they're talking about like if you don't wear a mask in school 
They're going to send you to like some type of class to re-educate you on why masks are important. That's the type of things we're dealing with right now. Like that, that's where we're at. And we have to fight against that together collectively to get back our rights because we're losing all of our rights. You can't, when it, when I had have a conversation with that same 20 year old I was talking about, about the vaccines, I was like, well, what about my right? Like, it's just like you, you give them one thing. What about the next thing? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say? He's just like, you should wear the mask. You should get vaccinated. It's like, well, what about me? What about my rights? Like we're losing them. People don't understand. We're losing our rights. If you're, if you're, right. if you're afraid, and he's willing to surrender them. Yeah. If, if you're he's afraid, get vaccinated. If you're afraid, get vaccinated, wear the mask, do everything you can to protect yourself from me. Yeah. If you're afraid, do not tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a free individual. I can do whatever I want. Now, if I go out of my way to specifically harm you and I commit that act yeah of course i am at fault 100 like you, you have those but if i'm just living my life walking talking breathing human being not wearing a mask walking out in society living my life if you're scared for whatever reason you have every right to be scared and you can do whatever you want to stop that you can't tell me i know i keep repeating myself now i sound like jesse actually repeating the same thing a little bit over and over no, but good, it's man. a valid point man you can't tell me what like don't tell me how to act as long as i'm not hurting you well, I think we should just tra- we should transcend this this topic into um, just the next subject that we wanted to, uh, that I wanted to dive into, and that was just the Charles Barkley uh, clip that he had when he was doing it's like the Final Four or whatever uh, NCAA basketball. And, and oh yeah, the this, championships tomorrow. Yeah, this goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. And it's a very uh, a beautiful way to transition. But just the fact, um, and Dan, you and I talked about it a little bit last week about racism and how it still exists, but how there's no need for that. And you can use the Constitution to combat racism, but Charles Barkley put it be- put it best. And not very often do you have people who have an opportunity to say something like he had said. And um, I'm going to put the clip in here, and I'll, I'll make sure I definitely put it in here so, so you guys can see it. And he's just basically saying that um, uh, white people are good at heart, and he believes that truly in his heart that white people are good, black people are good. Um, but unfortunately, we believe in these politicians whether it be left or it be right. And just look at it. You had allegedly 81 million votes for Biden and 75 million votes for Trump. We're divided. This is this plays perfect into their hand that they have everyone going against each other and going for this specific party. And Mike Anderson, man, if you're listening, man, your tribalism book's spot on. We got to get away from that, man. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is lining these people's pockets full of money, full of money. I mean, you you have the it, go woke or get broke, whatever you, whatever you want to say, man. Like it's just it's insane. Cancel culture, like you talked about, Johnny. People can't. People are on the right are afraid to say anything because they're going to get canceled and they lose all their money and their livelihood. Man, it's a sad day, and I th- I'm bringing this down a little bit to just a more chillax vibe, whatever. But it's it's sad when like comedians get canceled and stuff like that. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, insane. When when comedians can't make jokes because they're afraid of losing their livelihood because not because people get offended because they have no problem offending people. It's the fact that the people get offended. So now these big companies won't hire them. These giant people who pay their bills will now no longer hire them because they're doing their job as a comedian, which is to tell jokes. And some of those jokes are offensive. That's inherently where the humor lies. But you know what? And you talk about offensive and Dan, I'll let you dive in here. Um, but but look at uh, industries like the NFL and, and MLB. So recently you had the MLB. They say they're moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. 
because in Georgia they came out with a more strict voting. So basically, uh, the governor of I saw a little bit about that. Yeah, the governor it looked like of, some like new wave Jim Crow laws or something. No, the governor of Georgia basically had said, and there there's two parts to this. One, he said you will have to have a voter ID to vote in our state, and then there was like something that people freaked out about. He says like. If you're trying to like sell a bottle of water to someone who's in line to vote, then that's you can get you can get fined for that or something like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like he came out and he did a speech yesterday, and it's not as deep as people think it is. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. But the specific fact is, you should have to have a voter ID, in my opinion, to vote in your state. I think there's a little more to it. Uh, it had to deal with also the places that you could vote, like the places that you were allowed to go vote. And there are certain communities that only had like one option and they weren't allowed to, even with a voter ID or whatever, go to a different place because they're worried about false numbers and false voting and all this. So it meant that there were these communities, primarily black communities, that were stuck going to one place and would have to stand in line for nine or ten hours. And would yeah, lose, they couldn't lose. But they, but they used to have options to do other things and now they're taking away those options. Well, I think like, like, and sorry, in our state, like, you know, there's multiple different places within miles. And if, if they required me to have an ID, I'd be all for it. And that's how it should be. I, no, I don't think the ID part is the issue, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think I it's the process of either A, and I don't know enough about this. So either A, the process of getting that ID has been made much more difficult. Or B, even after obtaining that idea, ID, the process of the actual going and voting has been made at, like, way more difficult for certain areas. Right. And and I get that. And you're right. I need to look into it a little bit more to see just how, how, you know, how far down it goes. And who knows what I could be reading. That's the problem, man, wherever you get your news. Cause I'm only getting yeah. this from one source. I right. usually try to get a lot of sources. This was more of a, just, Oh, I happen to be reading this article. Well, I, I listened to the governor. He had a, like a three minute speech. I listened to on Forbes, but what I'm specifically saying is you have state, you have the MLB saying, Hey, we're moving the all-star game out. Then you have uh, like the like the NBA, you know, in the NFL kneeling, all this, and and you know we can go down that road all whatever, but what what you don't see is them not taking money from China, who is an oppressive regime, yeah, who is yeah. a communist socialist regime, and they're in the NBA. They're all activists. The, they're activists yeah. except for the fact that they take money from some of the like the worst, yeah. in the world. And not only that, they're pushing McDonald's, Taco Bell, things that make people obese, but yet they're not for voter voter ID. Well, I don't stand with that either because I think it's your decision if you want to go to Taco Bell or McDonald's. But you know what I'm saying? That's what they're going to play to. That's what they're playing I, to. I know. I know. Like, that's frustrating, man. You see where these big corporations' interests are. And which it's, I've it, always had an issue with giant corporations. We've it's, talked about this it's a billion money, times. Man. It's money. It's all money. Well, well and, and you know, you guys, you guys are covering a whole lot of issues that have some interestingly simple solutions to them. Like, the you know, when you talk about being offended— Here's here's one of the things Jordan Peterson hit this perfectly in his in his um, interview with with uh, Kathy Newman I think her name was um, and he talked about he talked about that you know in order to think you have to risk being offensive because you're going to come up against other people's ideas but here's the problem is is that we live in we live in or have lived through this this um, this attack. That leftists, Marxists have, have been have been taking on our society for a hundred years, and they've been able to nitpick certain things and get away with it because it's all been about tearing down what what is here for this promise of something that's going to be implemented. 
Well, they've finally implemented enough of their stuff that we can see that none of it works. It's all a bad idea. And the only people that it benefits are the politicians and the corporations. And there's there's no need to talk about politicians and corporations as separate. Because oh, there's one thing. Yeah, they're one they're thing. On the same agenda. So they're all left, With including the Republicans. Including the Republicans. Including all the Republicans at that point, they're 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 left as well, because they're right. they're just lining their pockets and and just making money and not doing shit about it. And the thing too to to, to remember about all this stuff, one of the other solutions as far as the voter stuff is is concerned, is getting rid of the political parties. And I don't mean I don't mean like you know undermining the the Democrats and Republicans and and bringing in a third party. I mean having zero zero parties. There's no place for political parties in the United States because everything that the government can do is already outlined in the Constitution, right? So the only reason that you would have a political party is to push the government to do a particular thing. Well, if the government's already been told what it can and can't do, why do you need a political party? It also the creates creates divisiveness there, and creates sides. It causes right. divide, divide and creates sides. Like that's its mm-hmm. purpose. Right, and so everybody gets divided and wants to push for for certain things. Look at the Constitution. It already says whether or not you can. So the only reason that you would have or would need a political party would not be to get into the get into the um, the government. You would get a political party so that you could get people who were like minded and agreed with your position, so that you could push through a amendment to the Constitution to accomplish your goal. Because legislation is the inappro- is an inappropriate path to do that with, you know, and that's how that's why we've got all this nonsense with Congress being able to give away money to Pakistan. That's absolutely illegal. There is no provision within the Constitution, no matter how you read it, that would allow us to give money to a foreign country. None, or even bomb- even military aid, or even bomb another country. Now the president right. has that authority without even asking Congress. <laughs> that's insane someone who is <laughs> i can't yeah i didn't know anything i haven't really looked into the foreign affairs situation of it so well it's been something that's been that's been um if it hasn't been legislated it's been allowed for a long time i mean bill clinton did it i i so, mean i guess what i'm saying is i haven't looked so i've actually after you've come on dan i think it was after your second or third time on the show I read the Constitution. I went to that website you said, and I read through the entire Constitution, and then I did it one more time. And it's crazy how you talk about how it's easily written. Like, it's very, it you can read it as a layman, and you can. It's very, it's clear. Like, it's not difficult to understand or read. There's not that much there that is left up for interpretation like the Supreme Court wants to do and stuff. Like, I, as a layman, can read it and be like, yeah, that's what this means, because it's pretty cut and dry what it means. And what I was saying, though, is I didn't realize I didn't notice any of the foreign affair kind of stuff or didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff in the Constitution. I just don't remember that part. You didn't because it's not there. It's not there. (laughs) Now, I I will play devil's advocate then real quick. Does that potentially mean that? I guess because the Constitution says what the government can do, not what it can't do. It does say what it can't do. Or it says some things that it can't do. Um, right. I guess what I'm saying is the lack, just for the purpose of playing devil's advocate and having the conversation, the lack of foreign policy really being mentioned, does that mean that there can't be foreign policy implemented or that we couldn't give money to other countries? Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what that means. 
means that, that the government of the United States is restricted to the United States. It has no business whatsoever getting involved in the affairs of foreign countries. <clears throat> no. Our military is there. Now, this is here's 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 something that that since you read the Constitution, here's something that that you will find that I think you guys will find to be very interesting as far as interpretation is concerned. There's two there's two phrases in Article One, Section Eight, and you know let me get that so that I can read them exactly as they're written. And y'all tell me, y'all tell me what this what this actually means as far as the uh, as far as the powers of of Congress are concerned. Um, so Congress shall have the power um, to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years, right? The very next phrase says to provide and maintain a Navy. Okay, so when you put those two things together, it absolutely places a very strict limitation on the army. Mm -hmm. We are not allowed to have a standing army. They can raise and support armies, but they can't appropriate money for that army that they've raised and supported for more than two years. And why is that? Because it has to be for one of the reasons that the Constitution lays out, and that is for the defense or to quell a a uh, a, a like an uprising, uprising, an insurrection, right? If there's none of that stuff going on, if we're not being attacked and there's not an insurrection, then there's no need for the army. So you don't need like three three fourths of your three fourths of your budget going to the to the military, right? Well, but but then, but or then, we don't need to be stationed in two thirds of the world's countries, right? The very next phrase says, though, to provide and maintain a navy. There's no restrictions on that. I mean, so so if there's any kind of interpretation that somebody wants to do about that and say, well, that just means that we can have an army all day long. We just have to do their budget every two years. Well, why don't you have to do that with the navy? Provide and maintain a navy. There's no restriction on that. None. Because yeah, because. The army, because they knew the navy right? would be an important part of American history, and that's just protecting the waters and and being involved in that type of environment. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I kind of feel like that's kind of they left that up for interpretation, and and like you said, people can congregate or create some type of government within their own community to pass a new amendment, or you know what I'm saying. Whatever, if you can gain enough traction or be viral, you know, when it comes to the Constitution, then at that point you can change that you know the Constitution mm -hmm. and make an amendment. And the, and the important thing, this is this is the, the I think the most important thing about the Constitution is is remembering that it's a contract between me and you. This is our contract. The government is not a party to it, so it doesn't get a say about what the Constitution does. Yeah, or the doesn't government say. is created by it. Yeah. Yes, and subject to it. So it's you know it's not just it's not just that that you know we've said okay we're going to make a government. Not only did we say we're going to make a government, we've also said. That that here are the rules that the government has to operate underneath, and and it's just like it's just like that list of rules that you leave for your kids when you go out, right? Here's the list of rules, right? And if the kids don't obey the rules, then there's trouble, right? And even if you choose to ignore the fact that your kids didn't obey the rules for six times, 
at any time you can look at the list of rules and say, okay, guys, you know, I was patient. I figured, you know, you didn't read them or whatever. Anytime you can simply go, here's the rules, kids. Now you're going to pay. You know, I told you what you had to do. I know you got away with it for a while, but this is the list of rules and I'm enforcing them now. Short of short of people hearing this podcast, though, that they don't really understand that, and it is taught to you in school. To a, it's a, really not though. It, it you know in seventh and eighth grade you do the the U.S. Constitution, the Missouri Constitution, whatever state you're in, and stuff like that. Um, for all our listeners out there, and, and Dan, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say any. You know, like I love what what it is you have to say, but I'm trying to figure out a way that we need that we need to reach large amounts of people for them to understand this. You know what I'm saying? And it's just. People just have to get interested. People have to do what, like I said, it took me a couple of podcasts to finally buckle down. And I say, I hate saying this, but find the time. Like I don't have fucking free time. It's just because I'm distracted by video games and TV and everything else. But to find the time to read the constitution and actually educate myself on it and want to learn about it. That's what sucks is I feel, man, I'm going off on a completely different tangent here. You're good, man. But I feel like there's this lack of, like I said, completely different tangent here. In general, in our society, I feel like there's a lack of people who want to educate themselves on stuff. And I'm not talking college education or high school education. I mean, there's a lack of a thirst for knowledge. Like, why do, why do people don't want to learn things anymore? I, I generally I feel that people don't want to learn stuff. And I'm like, why? Like, I find it incredibly interesting to learn about whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like what is wrong with just having more knowledge about anything? Well, and specifically the Constitution, what grants you all the rights that we yeah, enjoy. But I'm saying you know? overall, when yeah, you have no, when you have saying. that like lack of people actually having a thirst for knowledge, yeah. why would they look that's up part anything of, about part the Constitution? Of the plan, man. It's part of their it's, plan. It drives me fucking nuts. Well, that's one of the things that, that our education system has been really good at doing is is it it just eliminates people's desire to think for themselves. I mean, think about this. Y'all, y'all remember um, reading different stuff in English class when you were in elementary school and, yeah. and middle school and high school. Okay, how many times do you remember the, the teacher telling you exactly what the story meant and you got tested on that? And if you didn't say what the teacher told you to say about the story, then you were wrong, right? Even if you read it and you said, I didn't get that out of it, right? So we get told all the time, don't think. Just tell me what I told you to tell me. Don't think, you know, or you're not, you, you're not qualified. You don't have the intelligence. Do you have a PhD? It's like, okay, wait a second. You know, a PhD doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, there's plenty of people who have PhDs that are absolute idiots. And the, and the, the stuff that they regurgitate is complete nonsense. Right. And the thing is, is that, is that, what is great about America and what is great about freedom is that you get the ability to think, you get the ability to, to try out different things and learn. You know, the thing that makes America great is that we're built by people who had the desire to go out and try and do something on their own that they were not allowed to do for years and years. And we've then we have now gotten to the point where we're back to that. We talked about this on the last podcast. It's like it's like you guys, you guys, we don't we don't get jobs because we think, wow, I really, really want a job. Right. 
we get jobs because I have something that I want to do and the hurdles that are there to block me from being able to do that are so expensive and so arduous and so just, just idiotic that I'm like, you know what? It's just easier to just go get a job and just do my 40 hours and have somebody else tell me what to do. It's just, you know, the people who are willing to take the risk oftentimes have enough financial backing to be able to, to jump over those hurdles. And that's why we end up with corporations coming in and doing so many of these great ideas because these corporations can come in with massive amounts of money and they can they can jump over all of those regulatory hurdles that you and I can't do. You know, just for the just for the simple sake of of um, uh, how many do y'all know do y'all know guys who are who are good at construction? Yeah. I know a bunch of guys that are really good at construction, right? And they could they could have their own business doing that, except for the fact that they have to have a, a contractor's license, right? They got to jump through a few hoops to get their contractor's license. They have to get permits for everything that they do. Oftentimes they have to have a business license in every single municipality or county where they're going to be doing stuff, right? So already before they've even gotten their first job, there's a huge number, a huge amount of money that they've got to pay out. Whereas on the other hand, you know, if you, if you start talking to contractors, we have a, a tremendous number of contractors in the Charleston area. And I have run into and talked to a number of them that are complete idiots. They don't know anything about construction, but they had the money to go and get a contractor's license. And what they did was they hired the guys that I know that are good, you know, good at what they do. They're good plumbers. They're good electricians. They hire these guys to come in and tell them basically what to do. They send them out to the job and say, tell me what's going on with this and you know, figure this job out and everything like that. But the guy who's the contractor doesn't know anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, or did I go that's, the, land, that's the landscape we're in. Yeah, and, and, and that's absolutely contrary to, to everything that America's about. You know, America's yeah. about the fact that, that if you decide, if, if each one of us decided that we were going to go out and, and be contractors and start building houses, right? You'd we should be, re- be able to do that. You'd be rewarded. And, and be rewarded or punished according to how well we do it. Yeah. But now that's not right? the case. It's all about money. Right. It's all about the money, man. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and that's one of the biggest sayings is like people just say, follow the money. Follow the money and just see where it takes you. I, I feel like I bring it up every time on the podcast and I'll keep bringing it up every single podcast and that's at the end of the day when you like you said follow the money man it's all about money at the end of the day all of our conversations somehow stem towards money because of the society we've created for ourselves or that our fathers before us have created for us that we're a part of where it's like so much is i mean corporations politicians everything down to the little you talked about being able to do what you want to do but you have to have this money first to be able to do it and people don't take enough I mean, you even going back to the beginning of what you said about having a job, why do you work? I don't go to my job because it's fun or entertaining because I don't love my job. I'd like my job as far as jobs go. You know what I mean? Like I have a good job that I quote unquote enjoy, but it's not what I want to be doing with my life. Mm-hmm. But I do it so I can have the money to A, live and be able to, you know, pay rent and utilities and have these things, but B, be able to do those things that I want to do. And so many people get trapped into not being able to do those things due to lack of money or 
the fact that a job takes away your freedom even after you've made money. I'm fortunate enough that the job I have, I am able to work, make money, and it is very easy for me to take time off due to the job I have. It is very easy for me to, with just a couple of weeks, maybe a month notice, be like, hey, I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to spend six, $700 and go out to Colorado for a week or go out to Utah for a week and go camping and do whatever I want and do what I enjoy. Go hiking, do whatever I enjoy. I'm fortunate enough that I have one of those jobs where I can do that. There are people who don't. The place they work, they're living to work and working to live. You know what I mean? Like they're not able to just, even once they've made the money, they're so buckled down to that job that if they were to even try to have some free time to spend that money on something they'd enjoy, they would lose that job. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think for me, for me, what, what it all boils down to was specifically on how you were just, uh, how you were just talking is the fact that we've been, um, a, as a country, specifically just talking about America, um, we have been uh, negated uh, probably at least 100 years of progression, um, specifically with how corporations have taken over our country and how they've blossomed into what they are. Um, the average American worker or the middle class or the poor class, if you, if you want to go that route, we've been denied a fruitful life because of what we've allowed to happen in this country. Um, and if you want to say it's, it's heading towards communism or socialism, uh, that's kind of what it looks like to me, in my opinion. Um, that's I what think it's more totalitarianism. Or totalitarianism or authoritarianism. But, but that's what we've been denied. So when you, when you specifically talk about you want to go and do those things, and if you can, you have that ability, what I'm saying is, is the, progr the progression of America has been hindered at least a hundred years. And if we go back uh, before, if you go back to like the, the mid 1800s before like the Rockefellers and JP Morgans and these big oil and bankers uh, had a foothold in America and you had Andrew Jackson and that's when we were out of debt for the first time. If we would have continued down that path, what would life be like right now? If we didn't allow these corrupt politicians and corporations to incorporate themselves into our society we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And to me, I'm not asking for a utopia. I've never suggested that I want a utopia in this life at all or on this podcast. But it just makes me wonder what life would be like in America if we didn't have these rich motherfuckers and these rich one percenters and these politicians running our country. For the past hundred years, how much progression would we have made? Would we be on? Would we truly be on the moon? Would we be on Mars? Would we be somewhere else in the galaxy, traveling other different planets and just you well, know? even man, because money kind of runs everything. Even if it was, I, I understand that, but you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm, I'm agreeing been, with you. I'm saying been, though, we have been hindered, man. Even if there was less scientific advancement, like let's say there wasn't, because it takes money to do those things. It takes money to go to the moon. It takes money to develop it, all this it, stuff. It, it doesn't. Even though. if there was less of that, though, it doesn't though, because all the the money never existed. Money is just a thought of. of a figment of our imagination. What I'm saying is we got to get rid of money. And I'm saying maybe without the corporations and these politicians, maybe money wouldn't be a thing. And may, again, I don't know where we would be without it. And I'm saying money doesn't have to exist because whether or not money exists, those things are going to happen. And I know, I, I think labor, you know, what people labor and they have to get something in turn. I'm just saying who knows what those possibilities would be if we didn't go down the route that we are right no, now. No, I think it'd be a lot better. Like I yeah. said, I don't think the scientific advancement would be as high. Potentially, 
but the like just human advancement in general would for sure be as far as like quality of life and like happiness and stuff like that. And maybe even scientific advancement would because you would have people who are passionate about whatever it is they're researching right. who are actually able to do these things without having to work their nine to five job and hate life. Well, here's, here's one of the things to understand about money that, that, that we as, as, as modern people don't get. Money is a medium of exchange, and it has traditionally always been gold and silver because that is something that retains its value over time. It doesn't alter. Right. And here's one of the here's one of the things that's really that's really interesting and important to understand. Inflation is artificial. It is created. It does not naturally occur in an economy. Right. So this is why you could buy a horse in eighteen hundred for twenty dollars, and that same twenty dollars would buy you a horse in nineteen hundred. Because money doesn't money you know, you have fluctuations in the market where, where you can buy more or less of something. Say supply and right? demand still happens. Right. Supply and demand still happens. So so you're gonna have this this fluctuation where, you know, one one year, you know, you can buy sixteen bushels of wheat with your with your gold coin, and the next year you can buy twenty, and the year after that you can only buy three. So it's gonna it's gonna change like that, but the value of the money doesn't change. And we got it. We got with when when we hit 1900 and we started with all of these progressive ideas and all these changes and everything like that. One of the things that they hit us with almost immediately was changing our money system. And they changed our money system so that it no longer was based in something real and something tangible. It was no longer it was no longer going to be connected directly to the gold system and 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 made to stay there. And we had the Federal Reserve System that was put in place that was allowed to print money at will. They created the Great Depression. The Great Depression didn't happen. That was a creation. They put out a whole bunch of money and loans to weaken the financial system and make that easy money out there so people would take tremendous risks that they otherwise would not have taken. And they took all these tremendous risks. And then the, the, the Federal Reserve System pulled the rug out from underneath them. I was gonna say no, we no, we no, actually no, have no, a no. Uh, we had Pat on the show before from the Truth Money Freedom podcast, um, and we actually have an entire podcast that covers this. I'd have to find the episode that it is or whatever, but talk about the we talk about the Federal Reserve and it being established and how much it is when us leaving the gold standard and how we're borrowing from the Federal Reserve and we're paying interest on money that's already lost its value, kind of like driving a new car off a lot. It intrinsically goes down in value and all this different stuff. We have a whole podcast where we talk about it. For anybody who's interested in this part, you can look back there and find it, and we cover it for an hour based on it and how awful, how god-awful the Federal Reserve, which is a private company, by the way. It has nothing to do with the government, even though it's called Federal Reserve. You could call it, let's just, it could be called Jack Jack's Money. That's the name of it. That's the name. Yeah, Jack's Money. That's the name of the company. It doesn't have to be called the Federal Reserve. It's called Jack's Money, and that's where we get all our money from. It's a private company that where the government gets its money fucking from, and it's ridiculous how money how many issues it has caused mm -hmm. in our society. But I mean, think about when we when we talk about when we talk about the the progress and everything that we're able to do. Think about the difference in the in the amount of progress we would be able to make if our money was still sound. Right. All these billions and billions of dollars that we currently spend are only billions and billions of dollars because our currency has been so devalued. 
we're not we're not connected to anything real anymore. So now instead of instead of that thousand dollars being able to do a tremendous amount of research or build you know a tremendous number of of cars or 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 you know satellites or whatever, now it takes billions of dollars to do that. Why? Only because it's it's this it's this printing press that's constantly running in a way not to benefit us, but to steal money from us. That, you know, inflation, inflation is, is an artificially created thing. And all that inflation means is that you have increased the, the, the money supply, right? But you haven't increased the money value. So, so now the same amount of value is spread out instead of being spread out over a million dollars, a million dollar bills, that same value is now spread out over a billion dollars. Right? So now all of those all of those dollar bills that you had just dropped in value tremendously. So there's no there's no value in holding on to them anymore. Right? You just got to keep spending them and spending them and spending them because the longer you hold on to them, the less they're worth. It's yeah, and people don't people don't yeah people don't realize that, and that's why I mean I don't know. It's so weird how it should be common sense too. As far as you talked about spending billions of dollars to do uh to do like whatever like science stuff or whatever, how it would have cost less back in the day. There's no reason it should cost more now, and that's true. You can boil that down to a simple level of a bottle of Coke. A bottle of Coke, let's say it cost a dollar. There's no reason that inflation should be a thing, and that a Bottle of Coke should now cost a dollar twenty next year, and then two dollars five years from now. The only thing that would change would be the business itself. If they spend a bunch of money, to, if Coca Cola spends a bunch of money to upgrade their facilities, upgrade their factories, and all this, maybe they have to charge more for a bottle. But then, since they've upgraded all their facilities and now they're mass producing more and more, all of a sudden the demand is higher than supply. So it balances back out and Coca Cola goes back to a dollar. It goes to what its actual intrinsic value that people are willing to pay for it is. There's no reason that it should artificially increase in price over time. Right. And, and Coke used to be a nickel. That's, Coke used to be a nickel. It's like three and bucks. That was, and, and what they have done is over the period of time, they have taken and substituted cheaper ingredients to make something that is no longer Coca-Cola. What we drink today is is not Coca-Cola. It's a whole bunch of artificial garbage that they've put together that has a, a, a flavor that sort of is like Coca-Cola, but it's not because, you know, it's high fructose corn syrup. It's not sugar, right? It's caramel color. It's not cola beans, mm-hmm. right? None of that stuff. It's like it's you can't even even if you were to even if you were to say, okay, well, we have to remove the cocaine from the original recipe. Fine. Okay. We'll take that out of the original recipe. None of the other stuff is original. So it's not even they have done everything that they can to reduce their 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 price or reduce the the expense that that it costs to make that bottle of Coke, which cost five cents. Now it costs a dollar twenty. And they have reduced their their expenses not only by by lessening you know using cheap cheap ingredients, but they've also reduced the number of factories that they had. They used to have a bottling company, a Coca Cola bottling facility, here in my town that ran when I was a kid. We used to stand there in front of the glass and watch the bottles go by. Yeah, and they shut that down. And I'm not even for the for the point of what I was saying. I'm not even blaming Coca-Cola. I wasn't even going that far. I'm just getting into the inherent fact of what 
um, inflation does with our money, how it's not worth as much. Like it's not a dollar of our money, like ignoring the whole, that those are all super valid points, but ignoring that for a second, ignoring the fact of what Coca-Cola does as a company with their product, just talking about what we were talking about before with inflation is that a dollar doesn't buy the same amount anymore because now your dollar's only worth 90 cents this year which is why the prices go up on stuff because they're not getting the same out of it either. If they kept charging $1, well, they're actually only making 90 cents for each of that because that's all it's worth. So now they're not able to spend as much on whatever they want to spend it on with their profit. So they have to up the prices, which is what inflation is. And it shouldn't exist. Like there's no reason we should be paying the federal reserve Jack's money, whatever the fuck it's called. We, there's no reason we should be borrowing money from them and then instantly we borrow a million or a trillion dollars from them and then two seconds later try to hand it back to them. We can't because we already don't have enough money to pay for the interest. Right. Yeah, it's and a, the, the, you know, the, the thing too with, with the way that inflation works is that as they put that extra money out there, it has an ex- exponential effect because because it's it's not like... It's not like um, Every step of the way, every step of the way, there is that that effect, right? So, so they put that that extra that extra money into circulation, five percent extra into circulation. So, so let's say that that just to make it simple, that 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 reduces everybody's value of their dollar by five percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at every point of an exchange, that is felt. Yep. So it's not just it's not a simple. It's not a simple exchange thing. It goes it goes well beyond that. So so that when when you're getting paid or when a corporation is buying ingredients, right? Coca-Cola. We'll talk about Coca-Cola, all their ingredients that they're buying. Now that you know, we're talking about that expense being spread out, but the the suppliers that they have have that five percent expense that's spread out through all of their stuff. So it doesn't come out to be a five percent increase. In, in the cost of their stuff. Yeah, it because goes it goes down in every single transaction. If I buy a dollar Coke and my dollar is only worth 95 cents, but they're still charging a dollar for it, that means I give them a dollar, but now they're really only feeling like they got 95 cents because everything's more expensive for them as well because of inflation. So now they take that 95 cents and pay for some product or whatever, but now that company's really only getting, you know, 88 cents or whatever it is. Like, it, it continues to just snowball into stuff being worthless. Right. And by stuff, I mean our money being worthless. Well, and we, we should probably leave that for another podcast. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. we got off on a totally different subject yeah. there. Sometimes that's how it goes, man. Sometimes no, that's... It, it is for sure, man. That's the way the turkey spins. But again, I, I like to leave these, sh- like, right at an hour, a little over an hour. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we're right at like an hour 10. So. Man, I've been watching that bar. Our mics have been hot tonight for some reason. They keep no, having no. these like random like. I think it's the uh, the mic. Uh, touching this or something? I don't no, know. no, no. It's not touching it. It's just the mic. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. But, yeah. Not that important. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we'd leave it with that, man. We, we hit a lot of good subjects tonight, Dan. I appreciate you as always, man. Uh, just the amount of information that we talked about and the importance of it. It's all great. Dan, I always love talking to you, man. It's good to be back on here if for no other reason than to just talk to you. So, Well, I enjoy talking to you guys, too. I always love coming on here and, and catching up with you guys. So it's always a good time for me.
I got to ask, uh, you got the, I, I was wondering what it was because it looked really interesting and then I just figured it out like five minutes ago. Is that the, the packy one chip challenge or whatever, the hot chip thing behind you? Did you yeah, actually do I that? I did, yes. Yeah? How was how was that? I made it through with flying colors. Yeah, yeah. Made a lot of made a lot of boys uh, a little bit jealous. I was going to say, I, me, I felt the heat. I think you were here when Jesse and I ate that stupid chocolate bar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to go get that chocolate bar and try that out. That shit's no, it's ridiculous. You were laughing your ass off on that. It's one, ridiculous. Yeah, it was. And you know what? When I took the when I did this chip. The guy, I was, I was eating the chip and I was doing the whole thing and the, and the, the guys were watching me and they're like, you don't feel anything. I'm like, well, it's got some heat to it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so one of the guys, one of the guys was, was watching me do that and he picked up a piece of the chip and he ate it and he was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess that is hot. I haven't done that one, but they, they hot shit. Anyways, I was just curious. I saw it behind you and I was like, what the fuck is that? The whole time I was looking at it and then. Well, if you guys, if you know what something that is hot, it's called Talk Junkies, baby. Yeah, um, yes, it is. Dan, thanks for joining the show, man. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, always great insight, man. Always great to have you on and just talk about the important subjects that are going on in American culture. We're going to continue to do it from here on out and into the foreseeable future. So always appreciate you coming on to Talk Junkies, man. We'll holler at you later. Sounds good. Appreciate Y'all it, Dan. Good you, you do the same. Too. All right, and there you have it. We had Dan on as well. well I, <coughs> joining Talk Junkies, it's always a pleasure to bring Dan on, like I said. But, uh, yeah, just some very interesting. and It was just, good. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's good to be back. It's good to get it's back to in the groove, back, groove of things, man. Good to be good to have talking Johnny. to the people. Yeah, talking good. to the people. Good to have Johnny back in the house, man. Um, th- the biggest thing that you guys could do, honestly, is not even like or subscribe or share this video. Honestly, just uh, put in your comments below and just letting us know how you guys feel. Um, just because we hit a lot of different subjects tonight and a lot of, a lot of ones that would probably hit home. And again, just hearing what you guys have to say, or you girls or whoever has to say just very important. And, and, and I like that a lot. So. I, I was going to say, I actually agree with that wholeheartedly because I do read all the comments and stuff. And it's like, we always talk about liking the video and sharing the video and all that nonsense that every YouTuber and podcaster in existence says, and that stuff's cool to like grow the channel. But at the end of the day, what's the point of growing the channel other than getting stuff out there if we can't actually talk with you guys and communicate with you and have, like, some semblance of community there? So yeah. even if you don't like it, don't subscribe it or anything. Comment. Let us know your thoughts so we can shout back at you. Wolflow, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out. Come on the podcast, man. You're our biggest commenter since we've been doing this for the past four years. Or always. Three years. Always yeah. on there. Yeah. Come on the podcast, man. Send me the uh, the contact information. I'll send you my email or whatever it is just to get you on the show and we'll have a good talk. So, um, To all our junkies out there? Uh, Yokiro Taco Bell. <laughs> no. What's Jesse? Stay fly and ring the bell.